wonderful people. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all of your precious, precious people that are here today. All those that will hear somewhere else in the future. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for the seed of your precious word that it take root and bear fruit in the plowed hearts of our ground, ground of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to say thank you and hello to folks uh, listening in Singapore and in Germany, specifically Frankfurt, Germany. Hello. And uh, those of you in West Texas, you know who you are, Chicago. And right here in Houston and Cyprus, God bless you all. Along with all of us here at Grace and Truth Church, we love you, praying for you. And uh, God has great things in store for you. Like Joey said, I'm going to be preaching in Africa via satellite. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, It's September, so we'll be working on some things and getting uh, some different things and we're going to try to make sure there's not too much of distraction for you but just don't think that I'm uh, I'm uh, you know like in the book of Acts that I've been translated somewhere else when I come in and address you as uh, Africa uh, Grace Conference folks you know one day <laughs> I know who you are but I'm going to use you as my live audience because it's a lot better than preaching, uh, recording a message in an empty room. I've done it. Uh, the, the anointing is still real, but it works a lot better when there are people. So you'll be uh, useful in that regard. Thank you very much. So I just want to welcome everyone. I think all of you are, uh, don't have any Really new folks here today, but no matter who you are, just want to thank you for being here. And uh, God's got great things in store for us. Um, you came to a place where you can uh, feel the love of God and find the unequivocal truth of God's Word as best I can show you without compromise then you're in the right place. If you want to hold on for a great ride with Jesus and advancing the kingdom of God and get in on the ground floor of something special that God is doing, then you're in the right place. If you're here to find something wrong, again, you're in the right place. I mean, you know... Ten minutes before I left the house, this shirt right here was on backwards, inside out. My wife was already gone, so thank God he showed it to me before I walked out that door. <laughs> uh, there are people here, there are working parts, and I am uh, like you, uh, might be called to a different office with uh, different uh, responsibilities, but um, there are people here and we're learning, we're growing, and I'm up here treading out the grain, amen? And sometimes that can leave a little bit of a mess. 
if you know the analogy that I'm talking about. Proverbs 14.4 says where there is no oxen, the crib is clean or the manger or the food trough is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. So, you don't stir anything up or make any mess when there, there's no real truth going out. No real work being done. But <laughs> there's spiritual work being done here. I can assure you. you. We are creating disciples. And ministers are coming out of this. And we are... Endeavoring to make you stronger than horseradish. Amen? Amen. Like I said, I'm treading out the grain. But there's sure to be um, rich rewards, uh, fruit, uh, and harvest that will come from that labor of love. Amen? Amen. But it can get a little messy. Praise God. So, I sometimes have to kill some sacred cows. And... Uh, it's important that I do, as we were listening to earlier, and uh, with God's help, of course, because I make a terrible Holy Spirit, and I'm not the one that is here trying to fix people. It's God doing it through me, amen. We live in a, but he will use his anointed and appointed uh, to be the conduit, and uh, the as a delivery system of his grace and his truth. And uh, so that's what we're experiencing here. We live in a time where people are coming to find the real Jesus all over the world. That's why there's been revival in California with Mario Morello, who the Hinkles who were here last week, they're, they're really close friends with him for 40 years, you know. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And it's all good. And the young people are coming alive in this nation. All they want is the real thing. And they've been turned off in many cases by religion and stuff like that. But when these young folks come alive for the real Jesus, there's no stopping them. And now the thing is, they need to be steered and guided and reined in to really be discipled and to learn the true the truth of God's word. They need to be founded on the gospel, on the true, the real, you know, you don't just need to be dipped and, and sent out. You know, it, it, you need to be instructed in the word so that you can't be, because the devil comes with lots of truth and a little bit of leaven, a little bit of deception. And that's enough to steer you off course for your entire life. So people are coming from from all over out of lots of weird stuff. Uh, uh, a lot of weird stuff from, from the world, which is at enmity with God, which is an enemy of God. The world system is, at, is an enemy of God. And people are coming out of that. They're coming out of false religion on the other end of the spectrum. They're coming out of idolatry. They're coming out of the occult. They are coming out of an educational system which in many cases, not, not all, there are wonderful teachers out there, so don't overthink this, but in many cases, the educational system has uh, taught them that science trumps all old myths of religion, especially Christianity. It's amazing that they really only come against Christianity 
because that's the only thing that has the power to save. And so these are all lies steeped in impartial and, and fragmented truth that lead people astray. And so we get this big melting pot and we just have to go at it trusting God to do the work with his word. And if it rubs you wrong, you know, it's just like petting a cat backwards. You know, just turn it, turn it around, keep rubbing. You know, it's going to be all right. But uh, God showed me early on in uh, my ministry that everything uh, I needed for my entire life in ministry, He had showed me in the beginning stages of my relationship with Him. I was like, well, that's awesome. I guess I have it all. But what he didn't tell me the rest of the story, which is the way he is, okay? And so what it is, is I got glimpses. I got a taste of the revelation of his truth. And, but it was going to require a lifetime commitment and dedication to him and to his people in that order. Are y'all hearing me today? (laughs) Colossians 1, verses 23 through 25. I'll just tell you what I mean by that. Paul's, Paul, this is Paul writing these, the Apostle Paul. And uh, this is talking about his ministry as a servant to the word of God. Verse 23 in Colossians chapter 1 says, If indeed you continue in the faith. He's telling him all the wonderful things that are for us. And look at that if. You know, that, that right there throws off a lot of people's theology. There's a lot of ifs in the Bible, folks. And it all has to do with you, your choices. Your continuing Persistence and pursuit of faith in this life, huh? Okay, because that right there is is something that some of you need to pray about. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I... What's the subject there? The gospel, the word of God, right? Of which I became, Paul, became a minister. So he, um, the minister here, in, in, the, in the Greek, the minister is just a servant. Okay? And I was, I was talking about, I wonder how many of the deacon boards and, uh, and, and uh, pastor, you know, couples that really pursuing... The, Ministry as a career opportunity would still be intact if they just saw it as a servanthood and were forced to call it that. <laughs> it, it might change. But first of all, Paul is saying in verse 23 that he has become, by the grace of God, he has become a servant of the Word of God, of Jesus Christ himself, which is the Word of God. Okay? Then Paul goes on to talk about the fact that he's a minister or servant to the church. Listen in verse 24. 
and 25. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, he said. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. You are the body of Jesus Christ, of which I became a minister. Okay, again, of which I became a servant. The church, the body of Christ, the sheep fold of Jesus, he has become a servant to them. First, he has become a servant to the word in verse 23, then to the sheep. And I want you to understand that there's no... Nothing is out of order in the Bible. Nothing is there for a wrong reason. There's a purpose for it all. And there's a purpose for the reason that he has it listed in that order. You can't bypass the first to please the latter. Huh? This is where a large part of the body of Christ, the pulpit has jumped the tracks. We were hearing something about that in somebody's testimony. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This morning, and I just want to confirm that, that that is, is the, the necessity of the minister so that he doesn't forfeit his ministry. And do injustice to the sheep, to the people of God. In other words, it is not my right to withhold the truth of God from you because I've decided it might offend you. It's up to you to choose. It's up to you how you handle the word of God. And I can't make that choice for you. Your eternal destiny will have everything to do with the choices you made regarding the, the Son of God, the Word of God in this life. Who am I to stand in the way of your opportunities? I believe we decide to get bitter or better. <clears throat> How many of you want to grow and be better instead of bitter? Amen. Okay. Sort of a rhetorical question, I hope. So let's get into the word that can help us. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 and around the 20th verse, I'll probably read. I'm going from verse 23, but I minister this and so I want to get the verses around it. Because this is foundational, and I want you to understand. This is we're going to talk a little bit about spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> verse twenty, First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty. Do not despise prophecies. I wanted to include that scripture because I want you to meditate on that. Remember that the prophetic gifts, all the gifts in the body, are still very much alive and real. There's a lot of abuses too. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <clears throat> Thus, the very next scripture, verse 21. But test everything. Don't despise prophecies, but test everything. See, as Christians, we don't judge anybody. 
But as Christians, we judge everything. Everything. We judge all things, yet we are not judged by any man. Because we are God's children. It is He who judges. Okay. But you need to understand the difference. That's how, that's what separates us from the world who identify with their sin. So if you hate their sin, you hate them. No. We love you more than anybody in this world. We just hate your sin. Well, that's who I am. No, it's not. That's the deception. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Spit out the bones and eat the flesh. Just like fish. (laughs) Abstain from every form of evil. Now verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Remember this. This is a scripture that you need in your heart and on your refrigerator. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify. That means set you apart and keep you holy unto himself. Sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a spirit with a soul riding around in a body. You're a three-part being. A triune God, you are a three-part being. Verse 24. He and then the good news. Because he's praying for you. He's prophesying over you that God, the God of peace, sanctify you, keep you set apart and holy completely, spirit, soul, and body. And then he goes and tells you the good news. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. Talking about Jesus. Amen. So there's a promise. Hold on to that one. We need to understand about spiritual reality so we can learn how to release and empower spiritual forces in Jesus' name to work on our behalf. Are you interested in that? I'm not talking about hocus pocus. I'm talking about the word of God, the authority of the believer, and the truth. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active because how are we going to be kept blameless? How are we going to be kept set apart unto God, spirit, soul, and body? How do we even know what that looks like? Well, here's the answer. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division even of soul and spirit. Why does it say that? And of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Why would Paul make a, a, well, the writer of Hebrews, make a big deal? Even, it can, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a two-inch sword. It can even do this. When you, when you make a proclamation like that, you're saying, it is so amazing, it can even do this, right? And he's saying, it can even divide soul and spirit. That's an important point, and you need to understand the importance of that. Because sometimes, in your soulish realm, your personality, your mind and will and emotions, you'll think you're hearing God 
And it's really your flesh. This word can show you the difference. This word, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Okay, so the word of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, who is God, will help you to understand the difference. And what is really just your flesh talking to you, or what is really God. And we are to let the peace of God umpire in our hearts. Huh? Peace and love. Okay, so... James 1, 22 through 25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. So here's our part, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently into his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looked like. (laughs) You know, there are people... I have people come to me all the time with the same argument that I had when God called me. Oh, it's too late for me. I made my bed. I'm going to lie in it. I got such a late start. I wasn't raised in church. Listen, if you start agreeing with God today and pressing in and seeking God with your whole heart, you're going to find Him and you're going to be ahead of 98% of all of the so-called Christians in the world. And he can do more with 10 minutes left of your life than you did with 10 decades prior. But the one who looks into the perfect law, say the word of God, the law of liberty, and perseveres, sticks with it, sticks with it, perseverance, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So there's a promise for you to stay in the word and persevere and stick with it and don't give up. Then God says you're going to be blessed in your doing. All you're doing. Does that sound okay? So there's a, there's a blessing attached in agreeing with and living according to the word. It's not just a, 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 a list of do's and don'ts so that God can make sure you don't have any fun while you're living here. That's a lie. He's the most fun person you're ever going to meet. John four twenty four said God is a spirit. That's what he told the woman at the well. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Isn't that right? So how? How do we worship in spirit? How do we know what's the spirit? Again, get into the word. This is where you find out what the truth is. This is where you find out what the promises are for you. Because they're all what? Yes and amen. We're called to live a life after the spirit. You see? If you're born again... You're already in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in you, okay? So, you don't have to worry about being in and out of the Spirit, but you can choose to walk after, according to the Spirit, or according to the flesh, the world. Huh? 
We're called to live a life following after in agreement with the Spirit. That's all it is. Living a life in the Spirit or after the Spirit is just living a life in agreement with the Word of God. It makes... Um, it's the, the flesh is on the, the other side, right? You're a three-part being. So here's your spirit over here. Renewed, restored, the mind of Christ, the Word of God, always praising God, always in agreement with God, always loving, always full of peace and joy. And you have your flesh on this side, which is just self-seeking. It just wants what its physical senses tell it that it needs or would make it feel better. (laughs) Would be good for it. And then you have the soul in the center. So we want to live a life after the spirit, not the flesh. Not our emotions, which fluctuate. I can't help how I feel. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's the whole point of this. And this is not a condemning thing. It should be liberating. If you've ever someone that struggled with, you know, if you've ever cut yourself or you've been depressed or you've been, you just live in fits of rage and anger and you, you, you just spout off at the, the drop of a hat. This is good news, folks. I'm here to tell you that you can be free. You can agree with God and you can walk in peace, love, and joy. you got all the peace, love, and joy right inside of you and your born-again spirit that you're ever going to need for this whole life. The born-again spirit is God-conscious. It only thinks of God. It's always pleasing to God. It always agrees with God. It always chooses rightly, which is life. We serve a God of life and not of death. In all its various forms. The body is worldly conscious. Though we have always going to have natural senses. And they're good to have. I mean, that's hot. Hey, good. Okay. We need this stuff. But we don't need to be governed by our emotions or our natural senses. Because the body or the flesh seeks to satisfy itself. And that leads to death. So... Let me let me just ask you. Let me just ask you a question or two, folks. Does this sound familiar? God's working on me. You don't have to raise your hand. Or how about a prayer like this? God, please change my heart. That doesn't sound so pious. That sounds so wonderful and holy and Oh, listen, look at that sweet child. Just Well, listen, the goal is good. I'm not making fun of anybody. We've all done it. The goal is good, but the approach is wrong. The prayer is wrong. Warnings, I'm killing some sacred cows here. We have to learn to live. We have to learn to live a life after the Spirit. Hmm? It's not something we can sense with our natural senses which have governed our entire lives in this world. This is where perfect practice comes into play. 
you know. I remember when I was uh, junior high school, had this old, I played a trumpet. I had this band director who had fits of rage and he'd throw stuff at you. And uh, he had a sign up on the wall. I'll never forget it. It says, it said, because uh, you hear people say practice makes perfect, right? But he said, practice makes consistent. Perfect practice makes perfect. And and I I really that made an impact on me, and I learned to apply that. And as I got it older, and I got, around that time, I got into physical fitness. Really, I was. By the time I was in high school, I was teaching karate, right? So had the young. I started the youngest karate association and club in a high school sanctioned in Texas, and I had like had like eighty five students in the in the high school gym on Tuesday nights, and I was the instructor. I mean, so I'm not bragging. Look, look at me now. I mean, you know, no, I, I forgot about that perfect practice a long time ago, but. <laughs> It's in the spiritual realm. I'm trying to use some natural things that we can relate to to help us understand how our spiritual lives are developed. It doesn't just happen on its own. God wants it to, but He's not going to do it for you. There's a part for you to play. So, in the spirit, we need to learn to what to hustle around the bases, right? You don't just lollygag, right? You just hustle around the bases. You, 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 you practice with strong blocks and kicks and punches and you do all the right thing in the correct form and balance and foundation. Everything has to be right. If you practice sloppy, it's going to be sloppy. And so the same thing, you have to have a little discipline in your approach to making yourself better with God. You have a part to play. Now for those of you who just believe that God is sovereign and that whatever will be, will be, then that's going to cause you to suffer great loss in this life. I don't care how many preachers will agree with you on that regard and teach you that. They're wrong. God is. You, know, you want to say God is the Alpha and Omega. He's, he's, there's no one greater. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He is. He's it. I'm going to agree with you every time. But He gave you a free will. And He didn't come to create robots. He came for a family that chooses Him for Him. And you got to put in a little bit of the work too. Amen. It's like any relationship. But you're never going to outgive Him. I don't care what it is. You walk two steps toward Him. He's going to run five toward you. Go to Galatians 5 for just a minute. How are we doing? Okay, good. Galatians 5, talking about the fact that we have to learn to live a life after the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Yep, yep, yep. Galatians chapter 5. So, Talking about the freedom, the whole chapter, of course, is the five, the grace chapter. So it's talking about the freedom that we have in Christ, and uh, we need to stand and protect that freedom, and don't be submitted to a yoke of slavery again. In this case, he's talking to 
the the Jews about being submitting themselves to religious bondage again. All these six hundred and some odd laws plus the ten, and you got to do this and and that, and hold your mouth just right. He said, "Don't don't worry. You don't have to do all that anymore. As a matter of fact, if you do, then you got to do it all." You know, now you can live out of the Spirit and you called to a life after the Spirit. And in that freedom, there's freedom both ways. Freedom from religion and from... But there's also the freedom from the law of sin and death. So the grace of God teaches us and empowers us. The grace of God is the power of God at your disposal to be and to do all that God's called you to be and to do. It's not a license to sin. That's crazy. So, here we have the... I'll try not to read the whole chapter. I want to. Uh, Let's go to verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? So, there's the answer. So it's worth looking into how to walk by the Spirit. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. That's the capital S. So against God. huh? And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those who are... For, for these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Oh my God. Yeah. Any sex. I'm not, yeah, we can talk about same-sex marriage, all this stuff. and they, they can say whatever they want. I'm telling you, I'll take it further. Any sex outside of the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman is sexual immorality. It's just the truth, folks. There's forgiveness available. There's peace. There's... There's repent. Everything is available to you in Christ. Nobody's here to condemn you. But we're not going to call evil good when God calls it evil. So he's trying to tell you, here's your freedom from all the things that the flesh is drawing you to, right? So sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions. God hates divisions, divisive people. Hmm? So every time you want to talk about somebody in your church, stop yourself. (laughs) Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit... Of the Spirit. Fruit grows on a tree, doesn't it? The fruit of focusing and meditating on the Word of God, the goodness of God, the peace of God, the provision of God, the promises of God is going to be this in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Somebody said, I don't have a lot of patience a while ago. That's not what the Word says. All the love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that Jesus has 
you have too. But it don't just happen naturally. But you're not natural. You're supernatural. Amen. You got to make it happen. You got to believe that it's in there and just draw upon that well. There is a river flowing from the throne of God. And you know the kingdom of God dwells in this temple and in yours too. Mm. The fruit of the Spirit doesn't leave us, folks. But it's like a muscle. It can atrophy with lack of use. Hmm? Is that a decent example? We kind of understand what that means. So we have to challenge ourselves. Here, let me just challenge you. I mean, if, if nothing else, to just to get started with a life after the Spirit today. Agreeing with God, agreeing with the Spirit, and saying, "I'm going to grow. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to let God. I'm going to work with God on me, and I'm going to bring. They're going to bring some changes in my life." Okay, here's one. Repeat after me. I will count to ten and let the Spirit win. <laughs> Every time you want to, do you, how many of let, let me just raise my hand first. How many of you just stuff just seems to fly out of this trap right door? There's a trap door right here, and it just flies out sometimes. And you're like, yep, "Can I get that back?" I, I did not. That one was not God, and I just want it back. Can I just? Can I just put a a door over this mouth, right? You know? <laughs> but when you learn that the character of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's God's character. Now, what I'm about to say in response to what this person just did or said... It does not fit into any of those categories. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Listen. Love those who hurt you. Love those who come against you. Love those who despitefully use you. Just love those who, and pray for them. It doesn't have, let me tell you, here's the trick. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. If you're waiting for it to be a feeling, folks, you're never going to get past this step. It's, it's, that's one of the biggest freedom, the little pieces of truth I can give people that brings them freedom when it comes to forgiving. Because when people are new to the faith or even old to the faith, I mean, half the churches in this country today, you got families, one have a pew over here, the other in the other back corner, and never shall the two meet. They haven't spoken in years. But they're just praising God.
You tell you how many open doors that is for the devil. Can you tell you that's not faith? But I can also tell you this. By choosing to forgive them and pray for them, you're not saying anything's okay about what they've done. And if they're still doing it, you don't have to give them access. Huh? In those cases, boundaries are acceptable. My wife and I have family members that can't even know where we live. Well, thank God, maybe they can now. Because God is always working. Amen. But you know what I'm saying. But we never stop praying for them. And we never would have and we never will. Because the best thing can ever happen to a person who's living outside of God's will is for God to get a hold of them. And so if you're not praying for restoration on a godly level of that relationship, then you're, you better check yourself for bitterness and unforgiveness. Hmm? Okay, I don't know why I said that, but here it is. So, count to ten. Make sure you're responding from the Spirit of God, choosing to respond from the Spirit, because it is a choice that you have to make. Not reacting from the flesh. Your flesh reacts. Your spirit chooses. Huh? Wisely. Because it's choosing from the mind of Christ in you. Your flesh reacts. Reacting is not good. Responding in faith, responding in love is good. I'm going to give you somebody who did this. David, King David. I love King David. Psalm 103, which some of you are familiar with. While you're getting there, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So that's that comes from Psalm 103. And I want to tell you, this is David writing this down. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So here you have a man. See, all this is written down. This is the author of this book is who? The Holy Spirit. God Himself wrote this book. He gave men utterance through the Spirit, by the Spirit. So this is David's soul, I mean David's spirit talking to his soul. You hear me? Man, this stuff is so good, folks. This is life-changing, liberating, helpful stuff. This man's spirit is talking and instructing his soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And it is the chooser, the decider in your life. And it can turn to the Spirit of God, and it can turn to the flesh. And it has to decide all day, every day, which path it's going to take regarding every single choice and every single word and every single action in your life. So listen to David. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
my mind, my will and emotion, my personality, my spirit's telling you, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins, all your iniquity, and who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit, from hell? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? And he goes on and on and on. His spirit is counseling his soul to make the right choices. To magnify God and his wonder and his majesty and his faithfulness and his goodness and his power and his love for you. As opposed to, because David was going through some terrible trials. I can take you and maybe I will next week to other psalms that he wrote. And I can tell you the things that were happening in David's life when he made the choice to magnify the Lord and focus on God's goodness. One time he was he had to, he was being pursued by his own people and the king of his own country who the prophet had made him king, but it hadn't manifested yet. He being pursued out of the country had to go to another king. That king didn't trust him easy either. And he was scared he was going to kill him. And David had to act crazy. Literally. Like a madman. He's licking the pole and drooling and stuff like that so he wouldn't kill him. And during that time he wrote things like this. How good God was and how faithful God was. He never let himself get into meditating on the negative, on the circumstances. Never let your circumstances and your situations govern the words and the things, the praise and the thoughts, life that you have. You need to magnify the Lord. Whatever you focus on is going to be magnified in your life. It's like looking through binoculars. If I look through my binoculars at Dan, he's going to look beer. If I turn them around, you're going to think I'm an Aggie. No, kidding. I love my Aggie friends and relatives. But he will look much smaller. Huh? Whatever we focus on is going to be magnified in our life. If it's the bill, the stack of bills on the cabinet, the counter, if it's the negative doctor report, if it's WebMD, you know, sometimes you can go on there for a little scratchy throat and you get off there with stage four cancer. <laughs> Oh, I've got all that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But if you choose, like that couple I told you about, that's on the plane now for Africa, who had a, yesterday a, a positive COVID report and would not even think about entertaining that that was going to be the final report, went and got another one and it was negative. Had they got into fear and worry and started saying, oh, this has ruined everything. Oh my gosh, are you feeling bad? Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh, da, 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 da. But we're believing God. 
That second report would have been positive too. I'm telling you right now. If Andrew Walmack and Jamie on their drive into Colorado Springs to to when they got called that their their boy was dead in the morgue with a toe tag, if they had got into fear and doubt and unbelief and self pity and all the things that and they he tell you those things did try to come at them. But he rejected it. He said, I refuse to get depressed. I refuse. And God, I don't care what. You didn't do this to my son. And this is not going to be the final report. You're a good God. I will serve you. I will praise you. I will bless you. And he and Jamie began to praise God and thank God and love on God. And worship God on that long drive. You can imagine. And there at the Gospel Truths conference in Washington, D.C. right now, and that boy that died so many years ago and laid there for five and a half hours, turned black with a toe tag on in that morgue, helped set up all the, the structures and the, the setting there in that, in that conference. In good times and in bad times, especially in bad times, David, just like us, should make a choice to first of all bless God. Bless God. Praise God. It's a, it's a decision. The Hebrew word for bless here in this scripture comes from the root word for me. So there's an implication there of, you know, responding to God on our knees. Now, don't make a doctrine out of it. Um, I get down on my knees a lot less than I used to, actually. <laughs> but I don't praise God any less. I praise Him more. Amen. What I'm saying is that He showed uh, an attitude of humility and reverence to God, even in the midst of the storm. He blessed God and praised God and magnified God. And we can do the same thing. And we should. Satisfied Christians, you want to live a satisfied life? Is that a good word? I mean, you know, we're really all just looking for satisfaction in our lives. I mean, that you might, if you meditate on that, you'll understand I'm, I'm right. <laughs> this, is, this is satisfactory. This is good. This is, you, satisfied Christians are praising Christians. Hmm? Do you know... It's not, it's not happy people that are thankful. It's thankful people that are happy. Do you know someone that you could do anything? You could do all sorts of nice things for and, and just everything you can think of. And when they walk in, they're going to see the one negative thing, the one thing they don't like. And that's what they're going to point out first. You know, it's a terrible, terrible habit. I feel sorry for people like that. And I mean, we've all done it to some extent. But it should not be something we are satisfied with. We should never accept that about ourselves. We should realize that that is one of the most ungodly things we can do. We need to be thankful in all circumstances. Hmm? Say this. Say this after me. I don't like when I talk about 
Things I don't like. Amen. You can fix it. It's a choice, huh? We just do a praise sandwich, you know? Say something good. Say some good things. And then, if there needs to be correction or something that needs to be changed or whatever, and, and, you know, slide that in and then follow it up with more good stuff. It's called a praise sandwich. <laughs> it's very important. Jesus did it. Look at the Lord, what they call the Lord's Prayer, which is really just a model prayer that He gave them. The Lord's Prayer came at a different time. <laughs> uh, but... Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You start by praising God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in Give us then then he blesses that he honors God, and then he throws in, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then he for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, praise sandwich right there. There's your model. Jesus did it. It'll work best for you, too. Amen? Amen. Oh, my gosh. I have so many things. I have not even gotten to this message. (laughs) Listen, we are either aware of and magnify the love and greatness and faithfulness of God... Or we are aware of too many other things. That's just the truth of it. And it it takes practice, folks. It's not going to come easy because some some folks have just been so negative their whole lives. Mama and them were negative. Grandma and them was negative. I, I can raise my hand to those things, you know. And and it's not easy. But these are changes that, and and I'm going to. Next week, I'll get more into the, the reason because I, I want to continue to talk to you about the spiritual world and how we make an impact on what's going on in the spiritual world around us. Huh? And I'm trying to, some of the things that I'm telling, everything I've told you today, it all plays a part in that. Basic understanding. We're laying a foundation. First, you have to understand that you're a spirit with a soul in a body. You are spirit, soul, and body. And the spiritual part of you is the real part of you. The most important part of you. It's already saved if you've been born again. Now, this soulish realm, this decider, this chooser I'm talking about that has your personality in it is the part that's being renewed as you come into agreement with this or this. It'll be renewed if you come into agreement with this. It won't if you don't. Romans chapter 8. And I'll probably finish here. Wow, I can't believe I had some great stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Romans chapter 8. I just want to read, starting at the first verse. There is therefore now... What is now? What is he referring to? And there's a therefore in the Bible when you find out what it's there for. 
The whole first seven chapters of this beautiful, amazing tapestry of God's truth. He's just laying out everything that's been accomplished on our behalf through Christ. Everything that's done away with, everything that has happened, everything we've been freed from. And now, because we are born again, because of Jesus Christ and Him in us, and us in Him, now, there is therefore now no condemnation. Look at me. Say, no condemnation. No condemnation. For me. For me. You didn't say it, Dan. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's important that you say it, that you know it, that you believe it. For the law, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin He condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. Listen to this. Set their minds. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Notice verse 6. We set the mind. It's a choice. We are the ones who set our minds. God not, God's not going to set your mind for you. Oh God, change my heart. No. Set your mind on the Spirit. Set your mind. But listen. There is no condemnation. Look at verse 1. Now there is no condemnation in Christ. This Greek word here for no, as in no condemnation, is noon. And it means, it's a, it's a present tense experience of the believer. It's not something reserved for them in the future, in heaven. It's now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Born again believers who are still walking in condemnation are being condemned by the devil or by themselves, their own conscience. God is not the one who condemns you. Why am I yelling about this? Because if you think God is condemning you, you're going to run from God instead of to Him. And He's telling you right here, I'm not the one doing it. It's Satan, and he's a liar. I've given you authority over him, and we'll talk more about that last week. <clears throat> and if it's your conscience, well, I am greater than your conscience. Come to me, and we'll fix that together. Come on. You want to be free? You need God. You want 
to run to God, you need to know that God is for you and not against you. You need to know He loves you and that the one who really is lying to you, who's stealing, killing, and destroying from you and, and in your life is the devil. And he's trying to trick you that he either doesn't exist or that he's not the one doing it, that it's God. And it's all a lie. Man, I had some good stuff I wanted to talk to you all about. Praise God. We just we never finish. We just stop and start again. Amen? Y'all get anything out of this today? You know God loves you? You know He's not the one condemning you? I hope you believe it. Receive it. Make it your own. I mean, go out there and just shout to the Lord. I don't... You know, if you have to practice in your car when nobody else can see you, you know, and then when they look at you funny at the light, red lights, just bang your head like you used to, you know. <laughs> you know. Until you get like me and just roll down your window so that you can hear you praising God. Amen. Let that anointing rub off on them. <laughs> I want them to know. Praise God. Praise God. Hello. All right, I'm back. I was, man, God is good. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for growing us in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for teaching us to live life according to and after the Spirit, which is your word, your truth, your character, your mind. Lord, we just agree with you. And Lord, in all the areas where each of us are off, because they are many, we just choose you. We make a direct and conscious decision to choose you. We choose to forgive everyone, everything. We choose to love and not curse. We choose to be a blessing. We choose to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ to agree with the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God. And we want to grow in this, and we want to be helped in every way, healed everywhere we heard, empowered by Your Word, loved by You, and prospered in every way. We receive it right now. We're not asking You to do it. We're just receiving it because You've already provided it all by grace. We receive it for ourselves, and we're going to receive it for ourselves to the extent that we're overflowing. We're overflowing, and we become the sprinkler. We become the conduit to be a blesser to others. And we're going to bless them with the overflow of all your goodness that has come upon us and chased us down and overcome us. And we're going to just fall to our knees and thank you and praise you in the midst of every storm because we know that you inhabit the praises of your people and we will resist the devil knowing that you have promised that when we resist him and persist in that, he will flee from us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Glory. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.